DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Got multiple questions up on Facebook, and one of them involves the road trip. The Jazz are tipping off tonight in Miami, back-to-back in Miami and Orlando tonight and tomorrow. I'll continue on with New Orleans and Philly to wrap it up. Closing out the first half, just a spectacular run here for the Jazz, winning 22 out of 24. Anything less than 4-0 is disappointing, right? Yes, Alex says, but next week is March. And we all know college is king in March. Is it really, PK? Are we going to be obsessed by March and ignoring, obsessed by, uh, uh, just be overwhelmed by all the college hoops and not pay attention to the Jazz? I find that hard to believe. No. Yeah. I think what the Jazz have done is going to keep them front and center. Yes. Kyle says yes. Especially for- because oh. it's a different March. Yes, it is a There's different There's a lot March. more games this March. Kyle says yes, but Sixers game is a big one. If we go 3-1, and one, I will still sleep well at night. If you go 2-2, two and two, will it disturb your sleep? Or is that just an expression? How all in are you? I think it's an expression, but... I'm all in. Uh, I think a lot of fans are all in. Absolutely. I mean, I think that uh, we, uh, Yak and I got on the Kalani Sataki uh, Zoom press conference uh, yesterday to set up a preview spring ball. And he's talking about the Jazz. Yes, I know. <laughs> and a friend of mine's wife, who doesn't really pay a lot of attention to basketball, she's talking about the Jazz because they're fun to watch with all these threes and everything. It's exciting. It's fresh. It's new. And it's the possibilities here are uh, very, very uh, high. So I think that uh, this team is now being talked about at this time of year. Obviously, in the playoffs, it dominates. But at this time of year, I can argue that we haven't seen this much attention to jazz basketball in 20-some years. And for good reason. I mean, it speaks for itself uh, as far as that goes. And Locke talking about they're on pace and all the statistics and all to be one of the all-time teams. Right now, today, yes, they are. When you have this type of record, uh, and you've put together these these streaks, 22 of 24, is just absolutely incredible. And so with with that, I mean, they're they're five points away from winning what 22 games in a row, <laughs> 23 games in a row, something like that. The, the Clipper game, uh, you go, uh, or the, the Nuggets are in there too, so they get smoked out on that one. But I mean, even that 22 and two is just incredible. So I think the conversation is is really advanced to normally what it would be because if you were like 20 and 10 you know you'd still be pretty good and you think hey that's, that's a good ball club but now being four games up on the la teams that's that's sensational so i don't think it's going to take a hit unless byu or utah state would make some incredible run uh, that goes into the elite eight maybe you know for a couple of days there with the sweet 16 I mean, March, this time of year for me, oh, my gosh, I used to be so amped with my college <laughs> basketball assignment when I was working for the Watchdog, you know. And if, if the team, uh, if you, particularly the Utes, they were, they were the team that obviously went the, the longest, that if they ended the regular season on the road uh, between now and April, oh my gosh, I'd be gone <laughs> like 25 days, man. Yep. yep. And it would just, and it would be so scintillating because March, uh, the selection, where are you going to go? 
And, oh, it was so exciting. And you'd go up to the stadium there or the hotel, and people would be there, and they'd have these selection parties, and everybody would be jacked. Yeah. We obviously are not going to have that with the COVID this year, but you really haven't had that to the level since uh, 20 years ago in that way. And, and so that's taken a huge hit. And then I hope the Cougars or Aggies or both of them can go long, but I don't think that is supplant what the Jazz are doing right now. No, and to your point, the difference between 20 and 10, which is a really good team. You know, you're on pace for a, a 55-win season and all that. Yeah, sure, and, that yeah. and that's great. There aren't that many teams to get to that. It's an accomplishment to get there. But this team right yeah. now is so far Agreed. beyond that. And, you know, just the whole debate about it, they've got to come back down to earth a little bit, but how much? And, you know, even if they settle in that win two out of three mode, well, that's right where the Clippers and Lakers are. So even if that is what happens, they'll still be battling for the top spot. And if it doesn't, people will be even more amped. Oh, yeah, but it we comes, expect that. It comes down to all the winning. You know, when you were amped back in the day and Majerus had his best Ute teams, you know, you can go back and look, and over the course of a month, they might lose a game or two. Maybe they go to the pit. And even then, people will be, you know, screaming about, they got robbed by the refs. Andre Miller got fouled. This team's awesome, you know, and it's that it's a whole argument about the record is awesome, but is the team really going to be that awesome only against elite competition? Because in whatever regular season, whatever sport, whatever level, you're not playing nonstop elite competition. And then you get into the, the NCAA tournament, into the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, the competition's going to be elite. You get into the NBA playoffs, in this case, even the second round, the competition's going to be elite. And so are you going to hold up under that? Because the regular no, that's season... That's what bodes well for the Jazz, though. Yeah. Because? I think the competition... Because they've got... you, they got to prove they can't do it four times. In the NCAAs, you got to prove you can't do it once. Mm-hmm. They see they can do it. That's where I'm at with the Jazz. They can do it. They got to prove to me that they can't do it four times. Because that's what it's going to take. Somebody's going to have to shut them down or limit them severely or they just throwing up bricks on their own four times. That's what it's going to take for them to be eliminated. Not one time, like the NCAA tournament, four times. And so, to me, I'm growing more confident, not necessarily each game, because one game, I can't put a ton of stock in one game. I can put stock in five games, ten games, so forth and so on. Because that is not just, well, you got hot. George Niang was seven for seven. Okay, He was that one time, but he's also made a whole bunch of shots over many games. So it's not a singular game. There's nothing that can happen on this road trip unless they went 0-4. That would derail me. Completely. Now, I'm assuming you know you don't have some injuries and all that stuff. I can't account for that until or if it happens. But the great thing about it is I am growing, my confidence level is growing much higher that, hey, we're expecting them to be off four times. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But could they be off twice and the other team is on twice? Could yeah, but if happen? you're on... You're better than them. Ah, win a 130-120 game. You're on, they're on, but you're even more on. Yeah, like Charlotte was on for a good while. 
They they played pretty well. They had some confidence going. Mm-hmm. And then in the second half, <laughs> and then there was as a it progressed, out. Jazz just started rolling, 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 I, rolling, man. I thought the cliche, the, the the switch got flipped really fit in that game. It was 81-70, yeah. and Quinn's calling timeout. And okay, right. it's not first quarter. It's not saying, we're getting late third quarter now. Are you going to get rolling or yes. not? And if you're a Jazz fan in that timeout, and you're like, I don't know if they're going to get rolling tonight. I, I couldn't really tell you you're an idiot, you're a moron. What have you been watching? I'm like, yeah, I get why you're saying that. And little do we know, they're about to walk out on the court and go on a 41-11 to run, which is a – I saw someone tweet that out on Twitter. I'm like, that just looks like a typo. You don't expect to see an, someone covering an NBA game say, that was a 41-11 to run. Even when a really good team plays a really bad team, you don't expect that. And yet, nonetheless, they did it. you got to understand, Jersey people, we're all half empty. <laughs> yeah. so you That's just been- the way we are, man. So now, so, if you're half full, that means my, something. Well, my approach to the Jazz is, are they going to slump for four games? It's a complete and total negative way of looking at it, but that's the way I look at stuff. And, that, and, and I'm one of the positive ones to come out of the state. Yeah, but, but in a way, this, so, this is positive. You're no longer asking if they can do it. You're not asking, can it go right and they pull this off? You're now at the point where they're so good, something has to go wrong. Because they're normal, if this is their normal, if 22-2 and two isn't a hot streak, if 22-2 and two is the Jazz normal, <laughs> then bring on the playoffs and Yach start planning the parade. Yeah, well, we're about halfway through, not quite. And as I look at the season individually, who's blowing me away? Nobody. The team is blowing me away. That's for sure. But individually, there are times they blow me away. Clarkson scores 40 points in 26 minutes. That blows me away. All right, we get that. Uh, But he doesn't need to do that for them to win. He needs to do what he does. And he's been doing what he does. Who's having a career season? Clarkson would be the answer. Not Donovan. But he's not blowing. Occasionally it blows me away. Yeah. But at 18 points a game, do you think Clarkson's going to average 20 or 22 during the season in his career? Or is 18 his career If he got the minutes, he could, but... The way he's being utilized, yeah. I don't think he wants to rock the boat. I don't think management <laughs> management wants to. Why change it? It's no. like Locke said, they've got a couple of roster spots. So what are you going to do there? Because it's an interesting situation, particularly you know if they roll through this trip four and zero, and you got nice wins, bookend wins against uh, Miami and Philly. Uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, Philly's going to be amped to play them. There's no question about it. Yeah. Because now you're taking on a little, little bit of a Majerus thing about getting everybody's best shot. Yep. And I was there throughout those 90s, and they did get everybody's best shot. You can, when you walked into the arenas, you can feel it. The Utes are here. That big, rotund dude who's a national figure, he's here. This team is really good. And you could just feel the intensity in the arena. Now... You may not necessarily feel it from the crowd perspective because of the fan situation, but the other guys, because I sort of felt it watching it through the television a couple of Fridays ago with the Clippers. You could tell. They were amped for it. There was no question about it. 
They were amped for that game. Or was that last Friday? Uh, they were amped for that game. And so you could feel it. That's what's, I believe that's strongly what the Jazz are going to get. Because the national media can be slow, this and that. And who really cares what they think? They don't play the games. The players play the games. And the players, I think, realize this team is super good. And if we beat them, it's going to say something positive for us. So they're going to be so fired up to play these dudes. And I think the Jazz already know it. So really, from now on, just about any win is a good win. Well, are the Jazz going to get wins tonight, or is someone going to get amped up and get their marquee victory, whether it's Miami tonight or Orlando maybe catching the Jazz on a back-to-back if they have a real tough game with Miami? Can Orlando mm-hmm, sure. go off? Yeah, it's all, Orla- Orlando's all, all over the possible. map. They've, they've actually looked impressive at times, but my gosh, they got annihilated by the Nets last night. My and they're, they're a, they're a sub-500 team in the East. So, Well, a back-to-back thing, I mean, mitigates yep. it to a degree. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dan Devine, NBA writer for The Ringer, coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, PK mentioned a little spring football. We will get to that next. It's a taste of football for people who are craving football. Stay with us. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. In the second half, the Lakers hugged the shooters, and Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors feasted, as well as guards who got into the lane, a la that beautiful dunk from Donovan Mitchell. Actually, Donovan didn't get as much lift on that as he usually does. You are Eeyore. From Winnie the Pooh, huge dunk, Sports Center Top 10. He didn't get the lift, Pooh. <laughs> not much of a house. Don't get me wrong. Just right for not much of a donkey. The Jazz are playing great. I'm just saying that Donovan's dunk went in sideways. I know they won 22. 24, but most likely lose again anyway. <laughs> Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. PK, you are getting your football on. Football. Quarterback debate. Quarterback battle. Quarterback controversy. Can the Cougars back up one big season with another big season? What were your takeaways? Listen to Kalani. Other than the fact Kalani's referencing the Jazz, he's all caught up in it. I got my fingers in the dirt right now, and I've been practicing chip blocks all morning. Sweet. And, man, I'm staring right now at the A-gap. Ah. And later on, just for just for randomness, I'm in a bunch of – Run a bunch of wheel routes. I always thought you were a three. Don't know what I'm going to do when that's I. That's just me. <laughs> uh, hold on. What what page is three technique? On? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll catch up on that one later. That's you that's talk, PK. I'll Google three technique. <laughs> no, re- I got it, the football for dummies. It, re- right here. it relates to a gaps and such on defense. <laughs> uh, well, obviously the quarterback situation for BYU is a big deal, and I think Kalani feels. Very confident in that they've got some talent. I believe they do have talent in that quarterback room. There's no question. <clears throat> I don't. I can't say he's got the program rolling. That's too strong. But I think he feels a lot better about where the program is compared to a couple years ago. You know, you've got guys that you've invested in, and they've got experience and all that stuff, and you've got uh, an experienced coaching staff now. And so you feel like you should be competitive. Well, you know, depending on how many games you're going to win is going to determine how everybody grades the season. That's just the way it is. 
but there was a couple years back where they weren't competitive in some of these games, and it was just they looked awful. I think that we're beyond that point at, at the program with the program right now. So I think overall he feels good, and he should feel good about that. And then their big quarterback uh, situation, you know, you got four guys there, and I think that you got 15 practices to make some judgments. You don't necessarily make uh, assignments. You make judgments along the way, and I think that they'll come up with at least uh, – a loose, maybe firm, but not definite depth, depth chart at that position. And so now you got this opportunity to see what you can do. And I, the good thing is I think you're dealing from strength at quarterback. Uh, obviously, Baylor has gotten out there and done a couple of things to where you feel like, okay, if he wins the job, you can, you can win ball games with him. He beat Boise. That's a frame of reference that we'll keep going back to until he gets another one, and then you've got Hall, who just is an amazing talent. Can he stay healthy? Can he harness in the quarterback? And then Conover, uh, the uh, kid from Chandler, which is a big-time football program down there, they have put so many guys into college and many into the NFL. I'd have to go and get a uh, go back and check all the kids who've gone in the NFL coming out of that program. So the point being, if you're good at that program, it's like Utah. If you're a good defensive lineman for the University of Utah, you're probably an NFL guy. You know, So if you're a good player at, at Chandler High School there, you're probably a good player. So And, and, and this kid had uh, opportunities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know, I know the Devils wanted him. That's a fact. Not, not that that means that, wow, I'm just saying there's plenty of other schools that wanted him, but certainly the Devils wanted him, the hometown school, and I think he considered them to a degree. Uh, and then you got this Soul J kid. I don't know much about him, uh, so but I'm not going to rule him out, see what he can do. My guess, this is my wild guess with nobody giving me any information. I mean, I talk to coaches, but I want to make sure that I am not giving the, our listeners, inf- I'm not passing along information. So I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm going to go with Jaron Hall. So that's interesting because we know a lot of coaches, they like knowing what they have at quarterback. And Hall has upside and potential in the little bit we've seen in play. You can see flashes of that. And certainly... And everybody wants a mobile quarterback. And I think they've had multiple guys there who've been mobile to one degree or another. Oh, for sure. Wilson. Yeah, you're right. Wilson's a great example just recently. I think, obviously, Taysom Hill. Oh, he's not mobile. (laughs) He's beyond mobile. (laughs) He's airborne. Did you see the Texas games? He literally can fly. You know, you can't use if you put if you use the word mobile and you put two quarterbacks and one of them is Hill, that the just skews the definition of mobile. <laughs> the other one better be like Steve Young or Michael Vick. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly, <laughs> precisely. John Elway, he's a freaking please. jet. <laughs> please don't give me the young El- Elway. Elway could move. <laughs> no, early in his career, yeah. Elway was spectacularly right. mobile. Nobody remembers that. Well, not nobody, they, but they it's him. lost because yeah. later in his career, later in his career, he was mobile. 
Early in his career. But not like he was. Early in his career, he was flying all over the place. Yeah, he was incredible. But you're right. Hill would completely skew the whole conversation. Yeah. you, you Yeah. See, he's, he's in a category unto himself. Right. Certainly as a BYU quarterback. No, I never saw Steve Young play live at BYU, so I don't know what he was doing. Okay, Obviously, but everybody's everybody's seen the Viking clip, and it's just legendary. Right? I mean, I saw I mean, in the NFL. This is, <laughs> I saw him play yeah. many, many times over, and he was mobile. But even Taysom, and I don't want to say can put Young to shame mobility wise, but he's yeah, but the, the, he's the, at another level. Hurdling those the touchdown runs he had against Texas, both at home and at Texas, those are, those are all time. I mean, those are really off the charts. I think the Cougars know what they have in Jaron Hall. Now they've got to see it. I think Aaron Roderick knows because that's I think the that interesting they, thing. He's seen so much more of him than us. We've seen glimpses, yeah. but he's seen enough in practice that he knows. Because they think Rodney, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, Rodney yeah. would be a good choice at quarterback. So if you're going sure. with Hall, absolutely, I'm assuming that Hall at the start is going to be good because obviously well, you want to win every game, but obviously their schedule's front loaded. They want to be able to take these teams down and beat these Pac-12 schools. Certainly Utah, but do not underestimate how badly they want to beat the other Pac-12 schools too. They recruit in the West against all of these schools. They're gonna go recruit in Arizona, and they know they got a chance to get Arizona kids out of Arizona because as you've told us a million times. Times, lots of schools get Arizona kids out of Arizona. Freaking University of Alaska gets them. <laughs> I want to try the cool weather. Spring football in Alaska. Um, so then at least he's going to be Romney, which is already pretty good, and he's got some upside he could be better than that. And that seems like too much hype. That's what we always do with quarterbacks at BYU, but at other schools too. And so I'm trying not to do that, but I'm also trying, you know, we've seen A-Rod coach, we've listened to A-Rod, so we kind of know how he thinks. He's been in this town for so long, we've heard so many interviews, and he's pretty open in his interviews, you can't give away everything, but he's pretty mm-hmm. open. Yeah. So, yeah. so when I hear you say you think he's going with Hall, and sometimes I hear That's you say... That's my guess. I know, and I, I was about to say, sometimes I hear you say stuff about the Utes and Cougars, and I know it's not your opinion. It's somebody's opinion inside the program. And I'm trying to figure out who it is inside the program. And I never ask you that because I don't want to know. Because if I don't know, then I can't screw it up. And I'd screw it up. And I don't want to screw it up. But I really put more weight on those because when people inside the program look at you before a Utah-Oregon in the game and say, we got this, they've got credibility because they've told us stuff before. And then they go to Oregon and on TV we all see them annihilate Oregon and it adds more credibility. And I could probably list, I don't know, four, five, six coaches at both schools who, if they say something like that, have the credibility like, well, you really better pay attention because there's a half dozen guys who've got a track record. And if they say something, they're, they're not right all the time. They miss on stuff. But they're going to be right 80 or 90% of the time. And when they tell us a freshman's going to come in and make an impact, that freshman usually comes in and makes an impact. So... You're going, and, and I, I totally believe you, that you didn't get this from Kalani or from A-Rod or from whoever at Fessy or whoever else on the staff. you know. But at the same time, you've watched these guys so long, you kind of know how they assess people. So you're not up in the night on this. But Romney's, like, Romney's the sure thing over here. If they're going with somebody else, that somebody else has got to have a chance to be a really good quarterback that'll get Cougar fans really excited. And if we've seen anything... Well, I think they anything, all got a chance. Yeah, and the, the correlation isn't 
perfect, but you can draw a pretty straight line from BYU gets really good quarterback play and BYU has a really good season. You know, Kalani's had two seasons where at the end of the year people were really excited. And he's had three seasons where they weren't. Well, one year <laughs> was Taysom Hill's last year in college, and one year was Zach Wilson's last year in college. It's not brain surgery here. If he gets pretty good quarterback play, he's probably going to have a pretty good team. And we got, we got a five-year track record now with Kalani. When the quarterback play is, nah, to awful, well, the season is, nah, to awful. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, so did Kalani tip his hand on anything else? Any other nuggets aside from quarterbacking, which we all obsess about and probably too much, and I just did it, so I'll just plead guilty. But uh, do you give you any other nuggets? Anything else about any other any other players or position groups? Uh, Yaks, anything jumped to mind? Because it seemed like uh, so, even when he was speaking generally, yeah. he was talking about the quarterbacks. Yeah, it was quarterback <laughs> heavy. I'll tell you that. 80% well, of the Well, the thing. questions were quarterback heavy, but so Kalani was quarterback. There was one about the defensive secondary, especially the safety group. Because you remember Troy Warner and Zane Anderson, their two top safeties graduated, and they mm-hmm. two of the pro ranks. They were asked, okay, who's going to have to step up? And he mentioned two guys who were injured last year who were going to have to come back and prove it. It's Chaz Ayu oh, that's right. and Malik Moore. Yeah. Yeah. So that is yeah. probably one of the other headliners in terms of players. So the tone was more it's a challenge to these guys or it's a probability, although they gotta do it. Well Chaz Well, I use a player. Yeah, he yeah. was a player in that he, Navy he, game he before he got hurt. Yeah. He is he's just gotta be healthy. He's a player. Yeah. He and I've heard about him and I know uh I'm friends with people who are related to him down in California of all places. And I've been talking, they've been talking to me about him for years. And uh, so he's a player. He's got, if he can keep himself, keep himself out on the football field, yeah. they're covered there. He, he underwent so double ankle like surgery last there. year. So yeah. provided he's yeah. healthy, he'll be a starting safety. And I think right. the, the Moore kid who had a shoulder surgery last year also can be his backfield running mate. Yeah, so I, I, I think they, they've got dudes. The good thing about it is they've got guys. They've got guys in the program that – and for, for BYU, I think it's important for them to have guys in the program who know how to play the game because they're not going to necessarily overwhelm you with incredible talent. I don't think they're going to have an opportunity like Utah did uh, a year ago in which you're getting eight or nine guys off a of defense drafted. I mean, that's just sensational. I don't know that BYU is going to be in that spot. So what they need to do is have guys who've been in the program, who've played, who know what the assignments are, who know how to play what they're asking them to do. And I think we've seen that with some guys here, particularly this last year. And I know people are screaming schedule and all that, but I, I really believe they would have had a pretty good season, maybe not the 11-1 and or whatever they were uh, last season with the scheduling, but I believe that they, and this is not just I believe, it's I believe they believe because they told me that they felt very, very confident because that's one of the reasons why Jaron Hall was able to just concentrate on getting healthy. He was told last year, we got this over here with this kid. Go ahead and get yourself healthy so you come back next year, being this upcoming season, because they felt so confident in Zach Wilson. And the other day, I, I like to do this. <laughs> I went back uh, on uh, K 
KSL had written when Zach Wilson was a freshman. I wrote a thing for them that said uh, BYU's back in the quarterback business. And just the other day, I went back and read all the comments. I think it was yesterday because Mel Kiper comes out with his 2.0 draft or whatever it is, and he still has Zach Wilson going number two. I mean, my goodness, number two, and all the ripping that I got about uh, people hammering me when I said BYU's back in the quarterback business, well, to all you people, <laughs> and you can go back and look at it. <laughs> come and on. It was, and the funny thing is they, they come after me, but it's not me. I'm no expert at this stuff. It's just what they tell me. And they have credibility because they've told me this, this, and this. Yep. As you say, That's what I was just talking Kyle about. Kyle Whittingham right. off to the side. The first day of practice says to me, Eric Rowe's going to be a player for us. Yeah. He didn't have to tell me that. He, but he does tell me that. And the kid ends up being a starter from day one and is still playing in the NFL. And when Kyle says to me, yeah, this Booker kid's going to come in and he's going to be a big-time running back for us. Well, <laughs> <laughs> And I could go BYU uh, when when they lost, uh, I think, a Curtis Brown left. And Lance Reynolds says to me, I says to him, what are you going to do? He says, oh, we're, we're covered. we got this kid, Unga. He's going to play for us. Boom. Carvey Unger was a great player for them. So it's not – I like how they personally attack me. I'm a nobody in this stuff. But it's They're because, the ones who tell me it, and I just repeat it. But it's because you're a Ute homer. No, it's because you're a Cougar homer. No, it's because you no, hate want, the Utes. No, want, it's because you hate the Cougars. They want to shoot the messenger. I know. I know. I and, hate and the longer people. you do this, the more I you see that. I hate human beings. <laughs> I, I hate everybody. Stop it. I hate you. <laughs> well, some days. <laughs> there are times. <laughs> I hate you all. Okay, fine. <laughs> the sad thing is, if like this were on Facebook and you had the comments, you could just go in and just start... I'm waiting for your apology, and you just start copying and pasting it in there. But in the comments section on a website, you don't have the same. If it's social media, yeah, you can drop a big old I told you so. Just spend an hour like, I'm waiting. Well, I'm waiting. They told me so, not I told you I so. I know. I know. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we are talking jazz and the NBA. Dan Devine, NBA writer for The Ringer, national writer. You always love the national perspective. How good are the jazz expectations for the jazz? We'll talk with Dan Devine coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. Jazz and the Miami Heat tonight. An interesting game, PK. The Heat were obviously in the NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler is obviously a scary player to go against when he gets rolling. They've not had their team together. They've had multiple guys in and out of the lineup. Right now, Tyler Hero's out, but they do have Drogic 
and Butler back together, and they've only played 10 games together this year. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of times, whenever we see a box score and you see a really weird score, you got to check to see, all right, who rested or who was injured or whatever. But when these guys are together, you would think, okay, they're the big names of the stars. They'd be a better team. They're 15 and 17 on the year, a couple games under 500. But when Dragic and Butler play together, they're 5 and 5. Now, the argument can be made that they haven't played together for long stretches. They've both been in and out of the lineup for no, different they reasons. So they get two games together here, they get four games together there. You know, they, they just got their first game together because Dragic had been out, and so he comes back and, and they won their last game. They beat Toronto. So this isn't even really a stretch of games together, but it just makes the Heat a wild card as far as what you expect out of them tonight. It feels like this is a team that could push the Jazz. This could be a good game. The Jazz are 20, oh, yeah. 26 and 6. Yeah. They've got the six losses, and they've got, uh, I think it's 22 wins now by double digits, which is ridiculous. They've only got four close wins. So of their 32 games, there have been the six losses and four close wins and 22 blowout victories. I don't think they're going to go in and just blow the heat off the floor, although they've done that a lot this year. But it's hard to predict what you're going to get out of Dragic and Butler together. You'd think you get a pretty good Heat team, although that's not what the record says so far this year, and there can be reasons for that. Well, I think that the Heat, the way I look at them, they remind me of the Washington Nationals this past season in baseball. They just son of a throwaway season for them. To date, it's been a throwaway season for Miami because this isn't their team. They've really had it's some of these college teams who've just been battered by injury and COVID and tracing. They haven't been able to have guys out there at all, any form of consistency. Uh, James Harden was talking about that a couple weeks ago in one of the post-game Zoom things. He says, we haven't been able to get to it in a rhythm, you know, because they've been having – in and out, and they had the Durant thing where he wasn't available, then he wasn't available, and then he wasn't available, and that's all in the same game. <laughs> so he, he was having a level of frustration there. So it's the same thing with Miami. In any given game, they're very, very dangerous. Now, the season hasn't gone, but it's not because of the lack of talent. It's all this other stuff that is affecting them. And, and, and Drogic is barely coming back. I mean, he's only a part-time player right now. Uh, but Butler is a full-time player, and he's dangerous. He's a very dangerous player for sure. Uh, you know, you just look at the, his his game just, what, two nights ago, 27, 10 assists, and eight boards. He's a player, I've always, and I've, lo- I've loved his grit. Sometimes it gets him in trouble uh, because he is a very emotional dude, but he's a heck of a player. So if you get this win, it's a very, very nice win because this Miami team is dangerous. And then you get the Orlando win. It's a nice win because it's back-to-back. It doesn't matter who you're playing on a back-to-back. If you get that, that's that's a great win. So they got an opportunity here to start off this trip. And then the thing about these trips, you know, if you if you start off 2-0, and well, you've already taken the pressure off that it can't be a bad trip. It may not be a great trip, but it's not going to be a bad trip. So you're fine. That's what I expect. Uh, I'm I'm excited to watch these guys play every game. That's what it boils down to. Can they continue to just add to the evidence? You know what I mean? This is like this is another uh, entry point of proof. Okay, we can go on the road. We can go back to back. You know what I mean? Just, just they keep checking off everything. Yeah. 
and, and it's just it's just amazing to watch. You know, there's always a thing in the NBA, hey, you can be good for 30 games, but once you get to 30 games, you start seeing a team a second time. Teams know how to play you. It's a new test. And from the coaches trying new things because they're like, okay, that didn't work, let's try this, and they make the adjustment to, and Ron Boone was always big on this, like players, <laughs> he would always say, yeah, players get a... Uh, Players get a scouting report, you know, and they go over it. But really, they think I, I, I know what this guy I matched up tonight with. I, I know who he is. I know. And then he says, you get your butt beat. Then you pay a lot more attention to the details. And so the second time around, the league can be telling. This will be the second time the Jazz play the Heat, and the Jazz, the Heat did get their butt beat. One twelve ninety four. The Jazz won that game by eighteen, and they it was a five point game of the half, and the Jazz blew it open in the third quarter, as they have so many times this year. And the thing about Butler is he was kind of passive in that game. PK he was three for ten shooting the ball, and I don't think a Jimmy Butler is a guy who should be getting ten shots in a game. Jimmy Butler ought to have. 15 shots in a game minimum, and there ought to be games where he's getting 20 because Jimmy Butler's the guy. And so yeah. it'll be interesting to see if he's more aggressive, where he tries to be more aggressive. Now, it's different than that game. Dragic didn't play when the Jazz and the Heat played the first time. Tyler Hero did. He didn't shoot it particularly well either. He's 5 of 16. He, uh, d- Hero did not play in their last game. I haven't seen the injury report. Have you seen it yet, Yak? The day of, we'll find out if Hero's going or not. Um, so it, he's it, a it's hero. a little different. I'm expecting him. He's going to go. You know why? Because he's a hero. Sing it. He's a young guy, and normally young guys. Is he even 21 years old? I was going to say that he was 21, but I don't know that that's right. Yeah, he is 21. He's 21. Okay. 21 years he just, old. He just turned. <laughs> he just turned 21 last month, and he's already played in the NBA Finals. And of course, as you like to point out, Kentucky guys. They may not win there, and they're certainly not winning this year, but, man, Calipari's had a lot of NBA guys go through that program. A lot. He knows pro guys, that's for sure, man. Yeah. He, he runs a pro, a pro program that's blown up in his face this year. But I, I'm wondering, too, you know, as, uh, if this year is a write-off year for those guys because of all this. It's just a funky season for so many of these teams and all that stuff. Not for everybody, but for a lot of them. But I expect – I don't know this, but if Hero plays, I'm not at surprise. He's a young kid. Young kids tend to bounce back pretty quick, uh, so we'll see. And yeah, I guess he is a hero, if you want to say that, uh, as far as that goes. And he's capable of going for 30. He's not a consistent player yet, but any given game. So the Jazz, they, they, I don't want to say they're going to have their hands full, but it can be very much formidable competition. All right, DJ and PK, we'll look forward to that game tonight. You can hear it right here on 97.5 The Zone. The Aggies will be on 1280 The Zone. Scotty G's on the call as, uh, as Utah State faces Nevada, and it'll be the Jazz and Heat 6 o'clock with the pregame at 5 with Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe. All right, your take on the Jazz and the Heat. You want to make your predictions, grab the phone, grab the app, use our open mic feature, send us your audio. Yach will get to that. Coming up in about 45 minutes, we've got Dan Devine, NBA writer for The Ringer, on the Jazz, the Heat, and the Jazz versus the NBA West. Next, stay with us.